This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited today to have my next guest. Uh, I'm excited always when I talk to another boss lady who is in an industry that I love. As you guys know, I love real estate and I'm excited to have Miss Rosie Rodriguez here from the Powerhouse Group. Um, who's going to be talking about her, uh, you know, 20 years in this industry, uh, building a team and going through different things and one of the top earners in uh, her company. So excited. Rosie Rodriguez, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me here. It's very exciting. Thank you. Very exciting. Okay. So, you know, real estate, there's a lot of people that, you know, decide to go into real estate. It's not an easy industry. It's a fun, I think it's a fun, maybe it's a little sexy. I think real estate is sexy, but what is the reason you decided to go into real estate 20 years ago? And why did you go into your own business? Well, the story behind my interest in, in real estate uh, goes way back to being a little girl. I remember, you know, my, my parents immigrated from Mexico. They didn't really speak much English. And we lived in a little studio apartment, six people in a studio apartment. So I clearly remember the struggle that my father had in finding us a home. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we transitioned, I was like, eight years old and uh, just saw him work. I saw the struggle that he put together so that his family would have a home. Unfortunately, what happened in the next few years, uh, my mother fell ill, then my father fell ill. And so there was a lot of, there's a lot of struggle, you know, early on. My my father ended up uh, not being able to work for about a year. Um, and then uh, he ended up passing away uh, due to illness. And uh, so I was the first person to receive the phone call, basically sharing, the nurse shared with me that my father's heart or that my father could no longer breathe and he stopped breathing. Wow. Um, and I was, I was 13. And he was on a dialysis machine and this is where everything happened. So that was the first experience with having to figure things out. We were still in the home. Six months later, my mother's cancer came back. So she had breast cancer years prior. And so eight, 18 months later, she passed away from, from cancer uh, that had spread. And so I was 15 at the time. And I was the last person with my mom, which at that point she was already in airbed in in the hospital uh, before she passed away. And so Tam, I mean, the thing is that we, I, I really adopted like an attitude of just being really grateful at the time. I know I didn't have my parents very long, but I saw how much they loved us and how, how hard they worked to provide for us. And so um, they were always pushing like education, education, education. So over the course of the next, you know, the years I was able to just kind of pick up from that point and really just focus in on how am I going to, how am I going to make them proud? You know, how am I going to make something of myself? Because at the time, you know, although it was a house, it was in the hood, like quite frankly, you know, we had gunshots at the corner, you know, all kinds of stuff. Wow. So, so yeah, we, unfortunately, to answer the very first question, I'm going all the way back. But when I was about 19, 20 years old ish, we ended up losing the house because of a lot of things that were going on. And I remember stopping at a phone booth down the street, calling someone I found in the phone book saying, what can I do? How can I save this? And then, you know, realize that there wasn't anything that could be done because of the, the situation. So 
it was then I think Tam that I said, okay, one day, like we lost the house. One day I'm going to find a way to buy this house back because you know, my dad just gave everything to give that to us. So how am I going to do that? And, um, I knew that I had to go to college. So was able to get myself into college. I ended up graduating from USC and my goal was I'm going to figure out how to do this whole thing called real estate and how to buy property so that my kids will never have to go through, you know, what we went through. Um, and that's, that's, that's pretty much how the whole real estate conversation entered my life. That is an incredible story. First of all, you know, I know it happened a long time, but it's, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you so early on. It's amazing though, when I see people who go through struggles like that and you know, how they process it and how you uh, took what your parents did, you know, how, and, and decided how you're going to be. Let me ask you a question. Cause I don't think I, uh, are you, how many siblings are, are you a part of? Yeah, uh, there's three of us, uh, older sister, myself, and my younger brother, which was another driving force because my brother was nine and 11 years old, my little brother. Mm-hmm. So I remember once my father, while, while, while chatting, he says, you know, I just want to be here long enough to see him get to 18 years old. Like, yeah. um, so since that didn't happen, I just uh, took on like a little mom hat. And... Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it was just really intentional about like making sure that he got himself, you know, he made it through school, got into college. Um, I was married young. I did, I did get married when I was 21 years old and I took my brother with me out of the hood because I saw, you know, kids, you know, start getting into a little trouble and, and, um, he did, he did graduate, um, got his master's, got his, uh, attorney license thing. So everything worked out, but it was really when, when people asked me that question, Tam, and they're like, wow, like, you know, you were so young and all those things. And how did that kind of work out? One is I did have an amazing aunt who was, you know, continued to be part of our life. And so she lived with us at the time. She kind of took on that matriarch role. Um, so she worked, but she, she was there for us. So that's one big thing. And the second thing is that I know this might sound silly, Tam. However, I really, I really didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't feel good about people like family members. I remember saying, Oh, poor you, poor mm-hmm. kid. Like I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel poor, you know, I felt, I felt less. The circumstances were not ideal. However, I was so grateful for having them and for the example that they set in terms of like hard work and family and all those things. And so I was determined to rise above that. I was determined to like, no, don't feel sorry for me. You know, there's people out there that, you know, have something they're going through. I'm okay. And I'm going to take what I have and I'm just going to like, you know, take it to the next level and figure it out. And you don't have a plan B when you're 15 and both your parents have, you just go and you just figure out how do I get to school? I mean, there's like one thing, how do I get to school? Right. And how am I going to, what's this whole college thing? How does that work out? And how do we pay for food? And, you know, I, I was working from the time I was 13 because my parents were 12 actually, because my parents were struggling and I knew that there wasn't any money coming into the household. So I couldn't ask, you know, I couldn't ask for things I could, but you know, I knew that I was a part of a family unit and in order for me to buy myself a new blouse or, you know, whatever it is I wanted, I had to lunch money. I had to make my own lunch money. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so that how it happened early on that set the stage, you know, here's Rosie as a young girl. Now she's moving on. She goes to college, she gets into real estate. So what happens then? Because it sounds like, you know, you just kept 
going yeah. and chasing and pushing and tell me what became of your career. Well, um, when I first, my very first job in real estate, I was in, I started in the lending side of the world. And when my husband and I got married, we actually bought our home the same week that we closed on escrow the same week that we got married. And so I didn't understand anything, Cam. I was, I was, I just, I saw all this money. Look, it was money that both my, my, my husband and I had, we had our own little savings. And then my aunt ended up you know, purchasing with us. So I saw all the money go there and then I didn't understand this closing statement. I'm like, what is this? So I felt like there was a whole lot of money that went and like not a big difference in the, you know, in the the, the mortgage, right? Because I didn't understand that, I, I had decided that um, once I graduated, because I was still in school when I was, when I was married, I was going to go back to the lender and I was going to um, see if he would hire me. I called him. I said, I'm going to call you when I'm gra- when I'm done. And he said, okay, great. So then he hired me, but then like I kept calling him and he wouldn't call me back and he was a mortgage broker. So I just looked opened up the paper and I, somebody was hiring for a loan agent, loan account executive, whatever it was. And I interviewed him. The funny thing is that my manager, a few months later, he says, you know, I'm going to tell you a story. He goes, when, when you came in, he goes, you didn't really test really high. So I wasn't really sure how you were going to do, but I was top producer the first month and, uh, you know, figured, figured out, you know, how to do this whole business. And then a short time after I did really well with that company, I was top 10 in the country. So I decided to open up my own um, mortgage operation. And then I did that at a high level was probably uh, closing, you know, 15 transactions a month plus grew the whole mortgage operation. And uh, out of a need for service, I ended up um, opening up an escrow corporation because we had so much volume. The company, the company's service providers wouldn't be able to keep up. Anyhow, my uh, my journey led me to open up a real estate office, uh, my very first real estate office in 2004, five. And the reason I did that, which is a kind of a fun story, um, especially for the women in the room. I, uh, I saw this awesome opportunity to be a part of a company that at the time, you know, was talking about how everybody won and, and um, there was a systems and structure. And I walked into a room, Tam, I don't know, there's probably about 15 people in that room, right? And way back when, when I walked into USC, I thought they were different kind of people at USC. I thought these people were made different. Their DNA is different because they got into USC. And when I started getting into group uh, projects, I realized, hey, we're just the same. We just came from a different background. Okay. That was my first experience with like, hey, level up, little girl. Right. You know? Right. You, you can you can do this, right? My second experience was walking into that room with everybody in that room was probably, I mean, I was in my 30s and everybody in there was easily like 40s, 50s. 60 maybe they were just icons in the industry and I was walking in there this little Latina right with a slow company which was a good little company but I was in awe because all of these men in the room right one other woman but I was like man like if I could just kind of you know run with these giants you know what could I learn how could I grow I wasn't necessarily looking at the dollars and cents behind the opportunity of owning an office. I was looking at the opportunity to grow and to learn from people that were doing things or had done things at a much higher level than I had. So that was my second opportunity that, uh, you know, where I got to tell myself, hey, you know, you're leveling up, little girl, like you've leveled up, you're here. And what are you going to do with this now? Right? So... That's kind of how I ended up opening up a real estate office. And that was back in 2000. That is so impressive and inspiring. I hope that people are listening to this and just 
you know, I think a lot of times people hold themselves back just because of whatever the thing is. Like you were talking about, you know, just looking around the room and just deciding, you know, what it was instead of just leveling up and realizing that they're the same people and you can learn this, you know, learn these things too. And just, you know, you're one of these people that just has grit, right? Just has, just has some serious grit and gets in there and learns and grows and, it's shown you've built an incredible business as a result. What would you tell another woman that she needs to do in order to be successful? You know, that's a really good question. So many things that, you know, that I feel like I could pour into to other, other women. However, I think that I have the highest respect for other successful women for one reason, it's because I know that they, in general, women have a much, they have a much bigger load to carry. Uh, so, you know, along the way in that whole journey, you know, I've, I have three children, three and a half, you know, children. And so nursing in the break room and then coming out being the broker of the office, right? Sleepless night, somebody gets sick and, you know, the women are out at the dentist's appointments or the doctor's appointments, and then they still have to come to the closing table and you know, get with the clients and figure, you know, make sure that the chips are falling where they're supposed to and all those things. And so I think when I see other women and I see how successful they've been in their, in their space and their companies and their area of expertise, the one quality that I tend to find in these women is that they have learned how to, I want to say, putting the emotions on the table and put on the business hat because we do have an advantage and a disadvantage. Okay. The advantage as women is that we are able to function from our logical mind, right? Our business mind or black and white. We understand numbers. You know, we we're creative. We can put things together and figure them out. That's, that's awesome. But we also have the nurturing side. We have the empathetic side, right? The person who can, you know, empathize with the person on the other side of the table. And therefore you can come up with better solutions and resolution, you know, resolutions to different situations. Right. However, that is the part that I see that it takes, it takes steps and layers of maturity to kind of, you know, get to that level where, you know, just because you feel like things should be a certain way, doesn't mean that that is the right way. Right. It's being able to put those aside and say, okay, recognizing this is a trigger. This is something that isn't working. And, great. Now we put the business hat on and figure out how it's going to work, right? Being able to carry a conversation with uh, the man across the room or the woman or whoever it is, right? The person across the room and being able to elevate that conversation based on the fact that you can think like a man and you can feel like a woman. Yes. So, So, you know, that's, that would be my best piece of advice. You know, you're going to feel it. You can process it your own time. But when it comes down or when you're in front of that big conversation or that big deal or the negotiation, whatever it is, put your business hat on, you know, take a deep breath, recognize, learn to recognize that you're experiencing an emotion and learn to manage that so that you can have the best outcome. Yeah. So that's, I love that. I love that. Think like a man, feel like a woman. So good. So good. What is inspiring you right now? I think the so so I've been I've been lucky enough to be in this business for almost 25 years. And I've built, you know, four different companies that I that I oversee, plus rentals, investments, and Airbnbs and all that stuff. 
you know, three, a little over 3,000 agents nationwide. I'm a national uh, president of VXP Latino. So it's, it's an organization within our company. What inspires me right now, Tam, I think I've gotten to a point in my life where I have enough evidence of my successes. You know, I have a track record. I, I know that if I put my mind to something that it's going to happen and it's just a matter of a little bit of hard work and, and um, all that. What inspires me right now is really collaborating and elevating at a higher and higher level. I know now what I bring to the table. I'm confident that I bring life experience, business experience, you know, investment experience, the wealth strategies, like all those things. I know what I bring to the table. I'm very excited about being able to sit at the larger tables, at collaborating with bigger thinkers and coming together to not just co-create, you know, business and or projects and or, you know, all those things. Uh, however, impact. What kind of an impact can we make? And I'm not speaking about a local impact, although those are important. I'm thinking about a global impact. How can, and especially with, with the company that we're with, right, EXP Realty is a global company. And the fact that we operate on a virtual platform allows us to really, you know, pop into a room and talk to the broker of Mexico, of Spain, of Israel. So if you know, or if you knew, and we do, that everything literally is at, at your fingertips, even with a Zoom call or whatnot, then what could we do? What else is possible? Right. I love that. I love that. Just being able to think a little bigger. It's kind of what I talk about when I say you have to have a vision for what is possible and uh, what's possible. What's inspiring you is the possibility of making a great, great impact on a lot of people. I love it. Oh my God, Rosie, how can these women get in contact with you. So I'm sure they're going to want to know all about powerhouse group. They're going to want to pick your brain if they want to also, you know, possibly go get into real estate or any of those things. How do they connect with you? Well, super simple. Um, one of the things that I didn't share that I do want to, I do want to just throw yeah, in here is uh, that one of uh, two little passion projects that I'm working on, one is investing nationally and internationally and really creating a lifestyle homes that we can share with other individuals and kind of apply the, the Airbnb model, but on a luxury, you know, from a luxury standpoint. So I'm just kind of throwing that in because that's super exciting, right? Like imagine house on the beach, like butlers and beaches and, you know, you know, sangria or something like that. Like those that's are... Awesome. That is what is possible. It is possible. Mm -hmm. Again, click of a button. I want to throw that in. The other thing is that I do have a passion, a two passion projects, which is I'm um, starting a nonprofit organization for that will support orphanages in, in Mexico with basic necessity needs. And then along with that, or the next step, the next phase of that will be higher education. When I talk about higher education, I'm not necessarily talking about math. I'm talking about, you know, mindset and skill set. That is going to allow them to graduate from the orphanage and you know operate using english and technology and things of that sort so that's a passion project of mine i'm starting a nonprofit. should be done by the end of the year it's called the amparo organization and the reason i share the name is because that was my mother's name which wow. translates to shelter interestingly enough mm. 
So I'm very excited about that. I've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for different organizations. And this is the first time that I'm actually creating my own and uh, I'm very, very excited about the impact I can make on you know, hundreds of children in Baja California is my focus. The reason I picked that is because I can actually meet the kids, I can visit the kids, I can get involved. So that's one passion project. The other passion project, Tam, uh, you're gonna love this one. You're gonna love it, girl. I created a corporation and the corporation is called uh, Boss Inc. But not B-O-S-S, it's B-A-W-S. And that stands for Badass Women Succeeding. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps, Rosie. I love that. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to be part of our board for sure. I would love to. We can definitely talk about that. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so the idea there, I've been, I've, I planted this seed like five years ago, Tam, and I haven't moved the needle on that, but, you know, I started doing a couple of interviews like this and just interviewing really successful, badass women succeeding and, and just building an entire network in that space. So that's the other fun project and, and um, the difference here between this group. Uh, and maybe other groups that are out there. I often see Tam that in a lot of a lot of rooms, it, the 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 topics sometimes tend to be around like the nurture side, the feeling side, the you know the challenges and whatnot. And I think that's an part, important part of our story, and it helps shape who we are. However, I'm much more interested in talking about your successes, your wins, your highlights, your goals, your dreams. I'm excited about the badass in you that's going to take you and the people around you to the next level. I don't necessarily want to be in a, you know, a therapy session. There's a space for that. I want to be in a room full of like, let's freaking go girl. Like what the hell are we going to do? And you know, get out of the way because we're coming. We're coming. I love that so much. Oh my God. I mean, that's exactly what we need right now because we do have a lot of the other. We have plenty we of the other. We do. And there's a place for it. Yes. But we also have to recognize that there are women that actually do want to succeed on a big scale. Right. They don't want to play around with it. They really yeah. do want to succeed on a big scale. And I know that's possible. That's amazing. Yes. So those are, those are things I'm excited about. Obviously you see my enthusiasm, right? <laughs> I do. I do. You just like completely lit up as you first started talking. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of boardrooms full of, you know, men, suits, big money and all the good stuff, you know, like, well, you know, it's time for the ladies have a boardroom, right? That's right. Business, baby. Let's go. That's right. Well, oh my God, Rosie, I'm so excited for you. So they can find you. Can they find you on social media typically yes. or would they go to your website? Which one's the best way? Yeah, so um, 100%. Uh, my uh, my handle on IG is Paul Rosie. You can always send me a message there. At Paul Rosie, R-O-S-I-E. You can find me on, on Facebook as well. Um, IG is probably a better way to you know, end up kind of check that a little bit more. Um, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on um I do, so it's that for sure. Um, anything that has to do with real estate, business, growth, wealth, very passionate about building wealth and getting wealth, so I'm always happy to help another lady go up. I love it. Well, I'm excited for all the stuff we're going to be working on this year. And Rosie, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to our next time to, to connect. Thanks, Tan. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.